Real Coach JB, star Netflix show, Last Chance You. You're listening to everybody's favorite coach. All you high school coaches, players alike, listen in. Don't be slaps. Pay attention. Hey, man, you'll get some good content. It's the Real Coach JB. Welcome back to Tri-States Inside the Huddle, part of the Dubuque Area Sports Podcasting Network. As always, this is everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Jam-packed episode for all you listeners out here. We are going to start off with a halfway breaking point of all of the teams that were covered in our preseason preview. If you have not listened to that yet, go back through our catalog, search Dubuque Area Sports Podcast to find that and give a listen and see what all of the head coaches had to say about their squads way back in August. We're going to take a look at the records take a look at who's up on the schedule, and we'll break down to see if we can see them playing in the Dome as the year moves forward. Then we're going to take a look at our top area leaders at the halfway point, statistically on offense, our top quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, who's leading the area in tackles, who's leading the area in sacks, And how about of the interception variety? And then we're going to welcome in via the Nolan Weber Insurance through American Family Insurance Hotline, Western Dubuque defensive coordinator, Coach Corey Davidson will be stopping by. This season of Tri-States Inside the Huddle would not be possible if it was not for these great sponsors. Nolan Weber Insurance through American Family Insurance, Assured Partners through Eric DeSousa, Kramer Pest Control, Sam Herrig Insurance Agency through State Farm, Extreme Strength and Sports Performance with Jacob Kerman, Lane Madsen State Farm Insurance. Visit Dino out at the log cabin in Galena. I love Dino. I love the log cabin as well. But if you don't want to make the trip out to Galena, why not go visit Dusty at the doghouse for one of those area-famous Carmichaels? J.J. Butcher with Realty One, Harris Golf Carts, The Ultimate Sports Weekend, Bar Raising Fitness, Cummer Masonry, last and certainly not least, the Advanced Wellness Center. Now we're going to break down our area teams and how they're doing at the halfway point. Breaking down our teams at the halfway point, seeing how the rest of the year is going to shake out for them and what their postseason hopes are like. We're going to start off with the 4A number one ranked Western Dubuque Bobcats, and they are currently 4-1, and and their schedule to finish up the year is going to be a difficult one. They play Marion, who is currently 4-1. and They play Waterloo East on October 6th, who is currently 2-3, and and they'll end with Decorah, who is currently 4-1. and Their offensive leaders passing is Tanner Anderson. He's got nine touchdowns. He's thrown for 769 yards. Their top rushing leader is Grant Glazer. He's got 12 touchdowns. 1,132 yards with two touchdowns. Their receiving leader is Brock Carpenter with 260 yards, 14 receptions, 260 yards, and three touchdowns. And their leader on defense, according to Bound Iowa, is Derek Horner, who's got 10 and a half tackles, one fumble, one interception, and one interception return for a touchdown. How are their postseason aspirations looking? I think they're looking pretty good. I think they have an opportunity to win their last three games. I think it will take them to win at least two of the three in order to qualify for postseason play. 
Taking a look at the halfway point for the senior Rams. The senior Rams are currently 0-5. They have losses to Pleasant Valley, Urbandale, Dubuque, Hempstead, Cedar Rapids, Prairie, Linmar. Out of all of the teams covered, I would say that the senior Rams along with the Western Dubuque Bobcats, have one of the most difficult schedules in the area. And I wish I said that their schedule got easier, but it doesn't. They will host Davenport West on September 28th at beautiful Brady Stadium. Davenport West is currently 3-2. and two. They host Cedar Falls, who is always dangerous, always has those big offensive linemen, always a great ground attack. And they will end the season with Cedar Rapids, Washington, and Muscatine. Cedar Rapids, Washington is 1-4, but currently came off a huge upset victory of ranked Cedar Rapids, Jefferson. And we know Muscatine has that great running back who goes by the name of Quadzilla. And they upset the Hempstead Mustangs earlier in the year. Here are the offensive leaders for the Rams. Dalen Moore at quarterback. He's thrown for 552 yards. He's got four passing touchdowns, 145 rushing yards with one rushing touchdown. Leading rusher is Noah Rowling. He's got 222 yards on 50 attempts. And he's got one touchdown on the year. Marshawn Dukes is lighting it up at wide receiver. He has 202 total yards receiving and two touchdowns for the Rams. And Drew Francis has been a monster on defense with 17 and a half tackles, one tackle for a loss, one force fumble. Unfortunately for the Rams, I do not see post season play in their future in the 2023 season. The next team we're going to be breaking down at the halfway point is the Hempstead Mustangs. After a hot 3-0 start, they have lost their last two to a tough Muscatine team and the always dangerous ranked in the top 10 Bettendorf. How the season is going to end up for the Mustangs, they will play at home this Friday against Davenport North, who is two and three. Then they will travel to tough Kingston Stadium in Cedar Rapids to battle the Cougars of Cedar Rapids Kennedy. And then they will finish up with Davenport West, who is three and two, and Davenport Central who is one and four. Their offensive leaders for the Mustangs is Carter Krug at quarterback. He's thrown for 803 yards, and he also has thrown for seven touchdowns and ran for another three touchdown. Their leading rusher is Quinn Breitbach. He's rushed for 506 yards on 88 attempts. He's got five rushing touchdowns along with one receiving touchdown and 108 receiving yards. Mr. Can-Do-Everything Justin Potts is their leading receiver. He has 225 yards on 18 receptions, two receiving touchdowns. He also has two interceptions on the year. And the Mustangs' leading tackler is sophomore Jaden Montgomery with 27 and a half tackles, two sacks, four tackles going for a loss. And the leader in sacks for the Mustangs is Tate Thor Woodruff with two. Looking at the Mustangs postseason outlook, According to experts online, they say the Mustangs have one of the weaker schedules of 5A. They are saying that the Mustangs must win out, especially they need to beat Cedar Rapids Kennedy to secure postseason play. We'll see if the Mustangs can do that. We'll see if they can bounce back from their last two losses and see if they can make a run at postseason play. 
The Wallert Catholic Golden Eagles are currently 3-2, and two, and they are still eligible for postseason play, but they do have an uphill trek ahead of them. Their three wins are against Clearpoint, Urbana, Clinton, and Comanche. Their two losses are against number one ranked, the Western Dubuque Bobcats, and also a team in the top 10, Davenport Assumption. Friday night, they travel to play tough independence, who's 4-1. and one. The following Friday on October 6th, they play an always dangerous West Delaware team at home at the Loris Rock Bowl, and they will end their season with two games one against Central DeWitt on Friday the 13th. Central DeWitt is currently 2-3. and three, And ending their season will be Makokita at home at the Loris Rock Bowl. Their offensive and defensive leaders, according to Bound Iowa, quarterback Spencer Kummer, 189 yards with one passing touchdown, 23 rushing yards, with one touchdown. We do know Wallert Catholic is a ground and pound team. Two-headed monster in the backfield. They are led by Michael Borman, who's rushed for 861 yards on 73 attempts. He's got nine touchdowns. Mr. Do-Everything, the Swiss Army Knife, Tom Scher. He is their leading receiver. 14 receptions, 147 yards, one touchdown, 57 rushing yards, and one touchdown on the ground as well. Their defensive leader is Tate Shope. He has 34 and a half tackles, seven for a loss, two sacks, and one fumble recovery. Does Wallert have a chance at postseason play? Yeah, they do. I wish I was going to say it was going to be easy, but it's not. West Delaware is going to be tough. Independence is always tough. They will need to win three of their next four games, in my opinion, to be playing postseason football. Best of luck to them. Next, we're going to travel out to beautiful Cascade, Iowa, and we're going to take a look at the 2023 Cascade Cougars, and they have had a rough go of it this year. Bit early by the injury bug, they are currently 0-5 on the season with losses to Regina Catholic, West Branch, Monticello, Hudson, and Maquoketa Valley. I wish I could say it was going to get easier for the Cascade Cougars, but it's not. They will battle Wilton on Friday, who's currently 5-0 on October 6th. They will battle winless Durant, and hopefully they'll be able to end their season on some positives and roll some victories. Their offensive and defensive leaders, according to Bound Iowa, Will Hush, the senior quarterback, has thrown for 678 yards, five passing touchdowns. He's rushed for 145 yards and one rushing touchdown. He's also their leading rusher with 145 yards. Nathan Shockamill's been all over the field. He is the team's leading receiver with 25 grabs for 295 yards, two total TDs. He also leads the Bob also leads the Cougars in tackles with 49 tackles. He also has two interceptions on the year. Unfortunately for Cascade, I do not see the playoffs in their future. It's been a difficult first year for new Beckman Catholic coach Cole Mather, but hopefully they can turn it around this Friday night out in Beckman as they play winless Durant. Beckman has losses against West Branch, Wilton, Alburnett, Monticello, and Columbus Catholic out of Waterloo. Currently, their offensive leaders passing Carter White, the sophomore. He's thrown for 204 yards, 
ran for 12 yards with one rushing touchdown. Isaac Burlog, he's ran for 189 yards on 52 attempts. He's got one touchdown. Benton Bogey is the leading receiver with nine grabs for 155 yards. And we talked about this guy. We'll talk about him later in the show. Tanner Oswinkle, who leads Dyersville Beckman in sacks with five, leading the area in sacks with five. He's also the team's leader in tackles with 31, eight of those going for a loss. Unfortunately, I do not see postseason in Beckman Catholic's future. Our next team is one of the hottest teams besides the Western Dubuque Bobcats, and that is the Bellevue Comets. After a rough 0-2 start, they have won their last three in convincing fashion. 49 to 8 over North Cedar, 42 to nothing over Clayton Ridge, and 49 to nothing over Postville. Their offensive leaders passing the ball, Hunter Putman. He's got 10 passing touchdowns, 5 rushing touchdowns, has thrown for 780 yards and rushed for 288 yards. He is also their leading rusher as well. Their leading receiver in terms of yards is Gavin Rowling with 252 yards, 16 receptions, 2 touchdowns. And their leader in defense and tackles is Quentin Pickett, who's got 18 tackles, Three tackles for a loss, two fumble recoveries, and one sack. Is postseason in Bellevue's future? It could be, but it's a difficult road to get there. Friday night, they play 4-1 and one at home against Maquoketa Valley. And then after that, they travel. Starmont will travel to play them. They are also 4-1. and one. And North Lynn, they will travel to play them. They are 4-1. and one. I believe they will need to win two of their last three games in order to qualify for postseason play. And the teams that they have left have a combined record of 12-3. and three. So it is going to be an uphill climb for the Bellevue Comets, but we're wishing them well. And our last team that we're covering, I wish I was able to pull their stats like I were for the Dubuque teams, but East Dubuque and Illinois and Wisconsin all do their stat reporting a little differently. We're so lucky here in Iowa to have bound Iowa to help us with that. Currently, the East Dubuque and Western Southwestern Warcats are currently 3-3. and They are led on offense by Brody Colbertson, and they will need to win out in order to advance to postseason play. Stick around and listen in for our top leaders, our top three statistical leaders in all major categories. And then Western Dubuque defensive coordinator, Coach Corey Davidson, will be joining us shortly after that. The area's top leading quarterbacks in terms of touchdowns thrown, number one, Hunter Putman from the Bellevue Comets with 10 touchdowns to one interception, a quarterback rating of 137.3. Western Dubuque's quarterback touchdown, Tanner Anderson with nine touchdowns to only three interceptions. QB rating of 128.1 and rounding out the top three from the Hempstead Mustangs. Quietly having a great year. Carter Krug, he's got seven touchdowns to four interceptions and a QB rating of 122.8. Our top three area running backs statistically in yards gained Number one comes from the Western Dubuque Bobcats, and that is Grant Glazer. And he has 1,132 rushing yards at the halfway point, averaging 9.2 yards a carry, 
12 touchdowns on the ground, a long of 88. Second comes from the Wallert Catholic Golden Eagles, and it's Michael Big Bad Borman, who's got a total of 861 yards. He's averaging just under 12 yards a carry, nine touchdowns on the ground, a long of 60. And rounding out the top three comes from the Hempstead Mustangs, and it is Junior Quinn Breitbach. He has 506 yards on the ground. He's averaging 5.8 yards a carry. He's got five touchdowns, pounding it on the ground, and a long of 50. One running back I wanted to mention, I was not able to find his yearly stats, but he comes from the Eastern Dubuque, Southwestern Warcats, and that is Brody Culbertson, he's having quite a year on the ground as well. Next is our list of wide receivers who are tearing it up, running great routes in the area. Not going to give a top three because there are way too many clustered in there at the middle. So I'm going to give you a laundry list of names. Sophomore out of Bellevue by the name of Cameron Castle. Leads the area in receptions at 27. Second comes from the Cascade Cougars, and that's Nathan Shockamill. And he's got 25 on the year. He's also got two TD receptions. Next is Justin Potts, who is third. And he's got 18 receptions on the year, along of 86 Two touchdowns as well. Some names we cannot forget that are also having great years. Gavin Rowling from the Bellevue Comets. He's got 16 receptions. Keenan Kilberg from Bellevue also has 15 receptions. Those guys each have two touchdowns. From the Mustangs, Colton Z is having an outstanding year with one touchdown, 16 grabs on the year. And Western Dubuque has a dynamic duo as well, catching the football. And it's Colin McDermott with 15 grabs. He's got three touchdowns. Not to be outdone by Brock Carpenter, who's got 14 grabs on the year, three touchdowns along a 59. And we cannot forget about the Swiss Army Knife, Tom Shear who seems to do a little bit of everything, and he does all of it well. He's got 14 reception for the Golden Eagles, along of 38, and one touchdown on the year. And not to be outdone, we're going to take a look at some defensive stats on the year. Here are the area top tacklers according to Bound Iowa. Nathan Shockamill leads the area with 49 total tackles, 34 of them going solo, and two and a half tackles for a loss. Coming up second is Tate Shope Jr. from Wallert Catholic High School. He's got 34 and a half tackles, 29 of the solo variety. He's had two sacks on the year, and seven of his tackles have gone for a loss. We have Tanner Oswinkle from the Beckman Blazers rounding out the top three. He's got 31 tackles for that Blazer defense, 26 of them solo. He's also the leading sack master doing his best, Aiden Hutchinson impersonation. He's got five sacks on the year, eight tackles for a total loss. And then also very close to that top three is sophomore Jaden Montgomery from the Hempstead Mustangs. He's got 27 and a half tackles, 13 of the solo variety, two sacks, and four tackles for a loss. Our next top three have been wreaking havoc on quarterbacks all across the state throughout the halfway point of the year. Let's take a look at our top three sack masters from the Dubuque area. Mentioned earlier, Tanner Oswinkle Jr. from the Beckman Blazers has five sacks. Coming in second from the Wallert Catholic Golden Eagles is Jr. 
Matthew Bodner. He's got three sacks on the year. And rounding out the top three is Tate Thor Woodrift from the Hempstead Mustangs. And he's got two and a half sacks at the halfway point of the season. And our last area leaders on the defensive side of the ball and last category of leaders from our area that we are going to take a look at are our leaders in interceptions. There is a tie at top with two interceptions, and then there's a whole slew of guys that follow that up with one interception. Our leaders in interceptions tied for number one, Justin Potts, senior from the Hempstead Mustangs. He's got two interceptions on the year. Not to be outdone, junior Nathan Shockamill also is our area leader with two interceptions. We got defensive backs. We got linebackers. We got defensive linemen who have been taking advantage of tip passes. Here are all of the leaders rounding out the top three. They all have one interception. From the Beckman Blazers, TJ Thier, Isaac Burlog, Benton Bogey, all with one. The Wallert Catholic Golden Eagles, Tom Shear, Luke Welbus, Isaac Fifner, Drew Riley with one as well. From Bellevue, the Bellevue Comets, Gavin Rowling and Hunter Putman with one as well. Lastly, the number one ranked Weston Dubuque Bobcats, Drew Birds, Clayton Lindecker, Ryan Digman, Leo Clemens, and Derek Horner all with one interception. Derek Horner also took one to the house way back in week one. Coming up next via the Nolan Weber Insurance through American Family Insurance Hotline, Western Dubuque defensive coordinator, Coach Corey Davidson. But first, a word from one of our great sponsors. Nolan Weber Insurance through American Family Insurance is a proud sponsor of Contact Nolan or a member of his crew at 563-258-5467 to request a quote. You can also find this highly reviewed agent on Facebook by searching Nolan Weber Insurance. Joining us via the Nolan Weber Insurance through American Family Insurance is the Western Dubuque Defensive Coordinator, Coach Corey Davidson. Corey, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, yeah, it's been a long time. It's uh, a little different variety, but yeah. It is. I'm super excited to have you on. It feels weird having you on the two other times you were on before we were talking baseball. So it's really odd doing a podcast with you and not talk about baseball. You and I cross paths. And in my mind, I hope we became friends. I I think we're friends. We were friends on the baseball field. We coached together at Western Dubuque. And one thing you often see with varsity coaches is they are unable to coach multiple sports. I always knew you as a baseball guy but football ultimately won out over baseball. What was it about football that made you want to keep coaching football and then pass the reins to somebody else for baseball? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I mean, I think if I in a perfect world, I'd still obviously do both. Um, and I, I never know, maybe it'd go you know, every spring, it gets the itch to kind of get back into baseball and especially it's probably been a good thing for Coach Brian. Seems like as soon as they got rid of me, you know, they started winning some state championships. So maybe they probably got a good thing going there. But uh, no, it's just, I mean, football and baseball has obviously been one of my first loves that I had. Um, but then it was one of those things, too, where, you know, I've I've always wanted to coach football. Like my dad and, um, you know, his, his brothers and stuff, they were all, they all played football in college. And, um, you know, I had really good coaches when I was in high school, and I just, I don't know, there's something about it on a Friday night that it's hard to replicate. Uh, and, and I love baseball, and we're fortunate with that at West Dubuque. You know, we do have a, a kind of a football mindset with our baseball team as far as the crowds and the atmosphere. So 
Um, yeah, maybe, maybe someday, never say never, but yeah, I'm pretty comfortable with, uh, with doing just football right now. And I think my family would agree that maybe that's a little bit better for us too. So, yeah. Baseball is difficult because it's in the summer. I know there's so many things I wanted to do in life and we don't get a lot of time off during the school year. So summer is the time to take those trips, but you're right. Nothing compares to Friday night lights. I mean, you guys will have thousands of people at a football game or at a baseball game. We're, we're lucky. A good crowd is a hundred people. When you and I coached baseball together at WD, I had one child. I now have three and you didn't have any children. And now you have one. And then you also have your niece who is your biggest fan. What's your favorite part about being a dad? Uh, I would say probably the biggest thing uh, personally is just, you know, seeing kind of, uh, you know, I got one girl right now, Delilah, and, you know, seeing her grow up and, you know, saying things and talking and, you know, seeing how big she's getting. And, uh, yeah, you know, I I always kind of joked around about, you know, I have three aunts on both sides of my family and um, a lot of sisters and everything. And, you know, <clears throat> I don't think – Right away, I, I would probably say it like at the beginning, but you know, I I don't know if I I don't know if I want to have a son right now the way Delilah is right now. So it's just been fun uh, with what with what we got going on, and my wife's really supportive with you know it's it's definitely probably more harder on her you know during football season than for me. Um, but coming home and the weekends, you know, Saturdays always fun. We have a little tradition where we go you know grocery shopping and get something. You know, go to Hy-Vee and she gets all excited. So. Just seeing that, and then uh, my niece Danny, um, she actually got a pretty impeccable record. I think she's like eighteen one when she comes to a Bobcat game. Um, you know, she just loves Western Dubuque football, and she wants she wants to be the mascot. That's her goal. So I don't know, it's kind of smelly and kind of too big for her, but uh, you know, she loves West Dubuque, and she loves coming up there and seeing the lights and um, getting to go on the field when she's there at night too. Afterwards, that's always fun, and hopefully, you know. I can do this long enough where Delilah can, you know, run around the field afterwards. And, uh, you know, that'd be pretty fun for me. So, yeah, it's, it's been fun. It's been, uh, no, there's no real, uh, I don't really have to set alarm clocks anymore. I don't think there's no point of sleeping in. I don't remember last time I've slept in a while, but, uh, no, it's definitely been fun. You <laughs> mentioned your niece, Danny, and how she wants to be a mascot and wants to be Western Dubuque's mascot. Anybody listening to this, I tell you, if you can become a mascot at a professional team, you make great money. We both know this guy. Remember Riley McCarron, Corey? Yeah. yeah His yeah. cousin is the Colorado Rockies mascot, Dinger. Oh. And wow, the pay he gets, the perks he has, he gets to watch games and have fun. I know when I had my children and I had my daughter when I was a single guy coaching I was the best coach in the world I had so much time to do scouting I had so much time to take notes I knew other teams better than their own coaches knew other teams but that all changed when I became a dad 14 years ago and then when I became a dad for the second and third time in the past couple of years how has coaching changed since being a dad and how has your routine and having to balance work life and coaching life and husband life and then also dad life as well. I'd say the, uh, you know, before, first off, a little humble brag, you said you're the greatest coach of all time when you're single. That's a pretty nice little brag on your part. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, I would, I would say the biggest thing that's kind of changed is just the perspective, you know, um, that's one of those things where, and Coach Penner, you know, our head coach, he, he's done a great job as far as um, allowing us, you know, being family oriented. And, you know, you see, you know, he's got his daughter that, you know, she helps us with film during the week. And um, her, you know, his son, Macklin, you know, he's playing football right now at the middle school, but he was he was always a water boy. And, and he's got twins right now that are water boys that like to fight on the sidelines, you know. And you see, you know, that family aspect, and it, it's just kind of contagious on your part. But, you know, at the same time, it's one of those things, too, where, you know, you got to have a balance. And like I said, my wife's Molly, um, and she definitely pulls her weight during football more than I do, you know, with, with Delilah, with, a, you know, 19 months at home. 
Um, but just knowing like Saturdays, you know, it used to be kind of like, all right, let's, you know, go somewhere and all that stuff. And, you know, just kind of having perspective, like Saturdays, you know, really got to focus on, you know, the family aspect. And cause you know, it's a, it's a seven day a week job that, um, you know, it's, you, you don't really do it for the money or by far, if you would, you probably dispute it, you know, but you know, it's just a lot of work and, and you know, it's, it's fun work, but you know, you just got to understand the balance to it. You know, it can't be, uh, you know, burning the candle on both ends like you maybe would at the end when you're younger, single, or, you know, without kids. But, you know, it's just the same, just a different type of fun, I guess, would be the best way to say it. So, Thank you for calling me out on saying I was the world's greatest coach. I didn't catch that I that I said that, so oh, thank you for pointing out. Oh, yeah. And just like you, Corey, Western Dubuque did not win a state championship in baseball until I stopped coaching there as well. Yeah, maybe we got something going. We can uh, get hired around for maybe we want to start up a program. They can come hire us, and then afterwards it'd be great. So I might have something going there. Now, you haven't been a part of the state championships in baseball, but you have been a part of a state championship in football. How does it feel to be a state champion? Uh, it feels like it's been forever ago. I know it's kind of a short time. Uh, you know, it's one of those things I think later on, you know, when, when I get done with coaching, it'd be one more to reflect on. But, you know, it's just kind of the mindset we have at West Dubuque. You know, it's not, you know, the last one, you're just focused on the next one. And it's not necessarily the next state championship. It's more just, you know, the next game. And, you know, just that process, you know, it, maybe it's a, a clever T-shirt about process and trusting and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, you just, you just kind of do it now. Like, it's the one thing I do like is, you know, we got guys in college that were on that team and, you know, getting to see those guys come back on Friday nights after the game and, you know, get a chance to talk to them or follow up on, you know, how they're doing in college. We got a lot of kids at Warburg. Um, you know, we got a kid at Grandview, uh, Colin, and I uh, got other guys all over the place. I'm sure I'm missing, but, you know, that's the part that's really cool. Like knowing that, you know, we, it was one of those things we talked about when we were there, you know, like whenever we see each other, we, you know, just kind of a smile on your face knowing about that season. Then, and, you know, at the same time, you want to prove that it's not just a one-year thing. So that's where, you know, we're working towards that day by day. And, you know, hopefully we put the work in. We got a chance to do another one. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's cool. I don't know how else to say it. Dude. But at the same time, it, you know, it's kind of, you can't want to dwell too much on the past because then, you know, uh, you're never going to get anything done in the future. So uh, and that's just, I mean, as Coach Penny has brainwashed me, and, and I believe it. Uh yeah, I mean, I'm all I'm all in on the next one. I'll, the last one's awesome, and but the next one just feels that's, like that's the new plan. So, <clears throat> I love that quote that you had there about not dwelling on the past because it it hampers the future. Let's talk about the future. How does this current team compare to that state championship team? Oh, uh, I would say the speed. I think um, you know the. The 19 team had, you know, we had with Will Birds, and, you know, I don't know if Ben Bryant would say he's considered fast, but his quickness, and, you know, we just had a lot of speed on the edges, and our lines, I think, are very comparable, and I think that's probably no coincidence, you know, uh, Coach Horner does a great job with our offensive line, you know, stepping in from when uh, we had Mike Elgin, and, and uh, you know, I think that's the, probably the biggest thing I would say would compare between the two is, you know, when we have a great line, it, it makes you look good, especially for me. I coach running back, so uh, I can't really take too much credit with, you know, Grant and, and our offensive line. But um, at the same time, like, you can't do much without, you know, those guys in the trenches because they really kind of set the tone. So I would say the line's probably the biggest deal and just kind of the, you know, the strength of our defense, you know, in the interior, which no shock is, you know, Coach Horner and Coach Kilberg, but. I would say those are probably the two biggest you know, comparisons between the last or this team and that team. We've talked about the comparison that the current team has. What are some of the differences that this team has, whether they're good or bad? Uh, you know, I think right now we're just, we're, you know, we're still in the working stages. And like I said, we're always kind of growing each day, you know. Um, I would say one thing that we're, we're focusing on is just the, the details and, you know, that the 19 team had, the, you know, they had to deal with that disappointment of the year before, you know, coming runner up. And, you know, that, that's the biggest thing I would say right now that, you know, we're trying to work towards is like, you know, focusing on the process of like, yeah, we got talent here, but, 
you know, it's, it's every day is a chance to get better. And, you know, Coach Penner has been instilling that. We kind of revamped stuff this week about, you know, make sure we're focused on the details and not just relying on talent. And, you know, once we do that, I think, you know, we're going to like the end result. But I would say that's the biggest thing right now we're really focusing on is just that attention to details that I think our 19 team kind of figured out maybe at a little earlier pace. But, um, that would, I mean, that's the main goal we're trying to get to. At the halfway point, the Bobcats are currently 4-1 and one with their only loss being to Cedar Rapids' Xavier, 22-20. to 20. What does this Bobcat team need to do, need to continue to do, and what do they need to improve on to host that state championship? So I know that you're going to say this team is running the ball well and blocking well. What are some other things that they need to continue to do well? And then what do we need to improve on as the Bobcats out there? Uh, I would say, you know, consistency would be the biggest one. And I think our, our players would definitely agree with that. You know, uh, we do have some flashes where, you know, we get a little lackadaisical at times and, and, you know, last year we kind of ruled with that because we were kind of a young team. But, you know, especially on the defensive side, you know, we got three or nine returning starters, excuse me. And, you know, that's the, that's just the attention details that we're trying to focus on that process this week, you know. Um, but I think that's the biggest thing. I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a skill set standpoint. You know, it's the, you know, attention to details and, you know, watching film and focusing on technique during our, our individual work that we do throughout the week. And it's those little things that are going to pay dividends. And, um, you know, we've been fortunate enough to, to have the start that we had. But, you know, if we're, like I said, we're just kind of dwelling on that and we're not focusing on getting better, then, you know, we're really missing an opportunity that we can have in November and beyond, hopefully. And uh, uh, I would say I would say the mental aspect and you know, just being prepared for all aspects to be – and that's just – I mean, that's not even just defense, so that's offense, you know, our special teams as well. Um and Coach Pan has been doing a great job as far as, you know, allowing us to, you know, let's get back to the details and, and the process and then, you know, the results are going to take care of itself. So um, I would say that's the biggest thing as far as what we need to do. And, and as far as we improve, that's the same thing. I mean, improve our technique and our consistency and communication. And it has nothing to do with, you know, the, the, the speed or anything like that. I feel like the talent's there, you know, it's just got to be what's between the years is what we got really focused in on. So I'm glad you mentioned talent because that leads me into my next couple questions. The Bobcats are currently ranked number one in 4A. And Coach Davidson, you know as well as I know from all those years of coaching, whatever sport it is, you need and you expect your big players to play big and they need to stay healthy and make plays. So who are some of the players on both sides of the ball that you knew were studs coming in and have really lived up to that billing and have had great years through the halfway point of the season? Yeah, I think, I mean, the obvious answer, if you follow along, would be obviously Grant uh, Glosser. Um, but, I mean, like I said, and, and he would be the first one to admit it, too. I mean, I think our, our offensive line is probably the most you know, valuable aspect that we have, and, and I think our opposing teams would agree as well. Um, as talented as Grant is, and, I mean, he's really stepped up as far as, you know, uh, carrying the ball. You know, he's already got a lot of our, basically all of our rushing records we have at West Dubuque, and, you know, he, he put the work in this summer and it's definitely been showing off and, you know, he deserves the accolades and, and the recognition he's been getting. But I'd be mean, a fool to, to think and Grant would agree, though, without our offensive line, you know, there'd be not not much of those accolades would be there. So whether it's our center, Sam Christopher, I think he's really stepped up. You know, he started last year. Uh, he's our center and he's kind of like he's really the quarterback of our offensive line calling everything out. And, um, I would say he's probably one of our more valuable guys that's definitely stepped up. Uh, Grant Leesner, he's our, our Garrett, excuse me, Garrett Leesner, uh, he's our left tackle, and you know he played as a sophomore last year, and you know he's taking the next steps, and you know his just physicality is kind of contagious with our team. Um, you know, and Brock, you know, I think he was on here a couple weeks ago. Um, we were asking a lot from him on both sides. I mean, all three aspects. He's one of our returners for, you know, punt return and kick return. He plays receiver. Uh, we kind of move him all over the place on the defensive backfield. And uh, he's just so dynamic and explosive, you know, when he's cooking and he when he's 
playing consistently, you know, um, there's not much that we can't do. And, uh, uh, I mean, we got, it's, it's hard to narrow them down because, you know, we got all these guys like, you know, Colin McDermott's probably one that's probably maybe under the radar for maybe from the you know public view, but um, he's finally getting a chance to show his talent at receiver. And, you know, we played a lot of defense for us last year. And, uh, Ryan Digman, I mean, he never played receiver at all um, up until this year, and he stepped up in a big way. So, I mean, I can go on and on. I mean, we hit their corner, Peyton Pagliano. I mean, he's just a who's who. And that's that's the, you know, that's the, the blessing that we got is that, you know, our talent's there, right? So um, it's just putting it all together and, and focusing on the details is, I mean, we got dudes all over the place. So it's hard to narrow them down to a couple. Now, your lineman that you named Big John Stud, I'm curious. <laughs> Were you a wrestling fan, WWF, yeah, growing up? Yeah, I just made that up. He, he was so mad at me when I did that. I was like, I, I wanted to see if you do any wrestling. I don't think John stuff. Yeah, I, see, yeah. Oh, you yeah. sent that, and I, I don't watch wrestling anymore, but I grew up on WWF <laughs> wrestling, and Big John Stud was always a step below Andre the Giant, and I yeah. remember Hulk Hogan beating Big John Stud in a body slam match. But, yeah, I, I didn't know if you were a wrestling fan when you oh, threw yeah. that out. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been known to you know pick up a steel chair or two uh, back in the day, so – um, no, yeah, I, I was just messing with it. I saw it and I'm like, oh my God, he put it. I, I guess I, I forgot to add a little context to it at the end. I'm like, yeah, we'll see what happens. And he was getting some grief from some of the offensive line because they thought he was calling himself Big John Stud. And uh, so I had to make sure I, I'm out on the record that I was the one that did it. He, he actually didn't do it. He actually goes by uh, Will John and the East Side Boys Lemke. So we just want to make sure he got his name correct on that one. So. Coach, the the podcast on the football end has been going really well. Reception has been awesome. Sponsorships and player awards have been getting shared and viewed like crazy. And, and I want to give you a huge thank you. You are always quick to reach out when somebody has a big game and and letting me know with statistics to, to honor those kids and give them shout outs. And, and if I pick somebody else over some of the names you send me, you're very understanding. I appreciate that. Coach, you turned me on to a podcast a couple years ago. You and Roman Hummel called the Moonlight Graham Show, and it's a yeah. it's a podcast about underdogs. And you and I both know that teams are only as good as their role players. And coming in, I'm sure the Bobcats had some guys who they really were not sure what they were getting, whether they were new to the varsity roster or played very limited last year. Who are some of the guys, some of the role players, some of the moonlighters that you really weren't expecting much from, but have really stepped up and had an outstanding year this year? Yeah, I think uh, from the offensive standpoint, I would say Brandon Decker, um, you know, he last year we, we had a really skilled uh you know, wide receiver, you know, room as far as like we had, you know, Davion and uh, Caleb Klein and we had Brock and Colin and it was, they kept going on and on. And, you know, Brandon was kind of under the radar as far as Varsity and, you know, he waited his time and he put his work in and he's really stepped at big time. And, and we, we got a little bit of, you know, just like any team, you know, dealing with some injuries and he stepped up on the defensive side as well. Uh, Peyton Putz would be another one. Um, he played quite a few. I mean, he's one of our better, probably one of our best D linemen we got. Um, but this year he's stepping up and he's playing a lot of our flex, which is kind of like our tight end position. Um, and he's playing exceptional with it. And, uh, you know, that step that he's had and that leap uh, has been paying dividends for us. And um, I'd say quite recently, I would say, um, you know, just with our injury bug that we've had, you know, <clears throat> I would say, you know, Caden Culberson, um, has been playing a lot on our outside linebacker, came in big um, in the North Scott game, um, and he's growing. He's a junior, um, and he put his work in the summer. I think he attended more of our workouts than any kid in our program, and, and he gets to you know, see the dividends from that. And, um, I would say probably the other one would be um, Leo Clemens stepped up big time with us. We had you know, some injuries with our safeties, and um, he had a big pick in the North Scott game, and he's just you know super smart kid, and uh, he just has that football savvy about him, and um, 
he can't celebrate to save his life. It's one of the weirdest things. It looks like a chicken with his head <laughs> cut off. But some sort of like inflatable car wash deal where, you know, they're outside that little deal. That's kind of what he looks like. But, um, I mean, he's just a heck of a football mind. I hope he gets into coaching down the road because he's really sharp. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, we've mentioned like Colin and those guys have stepped up, but those, those main guys there have been, you know, very beneficial and they've helped us immensely. And there's plenty, I'm sure there's so many of them missing, you know, um, and, you know, that's just kind of, you know, we're fortunate and how we're working with our Westview team. And Coach Penner has done a great job as far as making sure everyone feels like they're part of the team and making sure their roles are defined and make sure they're working to get better. And, um, yeah, I think, you know, we, we, we really do preach that we're evaluating every day. So, you know, we've had guys state championship years and those that, you know, didn't play until the playoffs and and then they uh, stepped up and got a chance to play and start and be successful. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's we're, we're blessed on that part. But obviously, the kids, you know, in our community, does a great job of getting these kids ready to grow. So, Corey, I wish I could say that the Bobcats have smooth sailing to finish out the year, but the Bobcats' remaining opponents have a combined record of ten and five. Marion this Friday, September 29th, on the road, 4-1, and one, and then back at home on October 6th against Waterloo East, who's 2-3, and three, and then to Decorah at home, who is also 4-1. and one. I want to talk about your preparation for the next game. When do you start watching film? When do you start preparing? Is it you celebrate on the field Friday night, Coach Winner, Coach Penner gives his game-winning speech, and then you're watching film on the drive home? How does that work? Uh, I would say this week was a little bit different than, than any weeks because my sister got married. Um, so we were in Chicago, and I was actually we kind of try to do the math on it. it. Was probably the first home game I think I missed in about 14 years. Uh, so that was a, a little chaotic on our end watching the game, not being able to be on the buck and, and that stuff. And uh, so this week's a little different, but in a traditional week, you know, um, obviously Friday, you know, we 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 kind of preach that celebrating the end zone deal. We have a little tradition on the buck where. You know, the, the student section kind of meets at the end corner of the end zone and they get a chance to run and celebrate with their, you know, classmates and stuff. And, um, you know, it's just kind of, that's the celebration part. The music's rocking in the locker room. And then Saturday hits, it's just, we're evaluating ourselves and, you know, seeing what we can improve on, um, watching our film. You know, we do a flag football deal with our youth program. So these kids, uh, you know, get to see, you know, the kids that they're, they're idolizing on Friday nights and, um, as far as the coaches go, you know, Saturday usually for myself is more of a family oriented deal. Um, if I get a chance, uh, if I got nothing going on, I'll obviously start watching some of the film, especially the night before. Um, and then usually Sunday is kind of an all day football ordeal. And my wife would definitely say it's all day. Uh, you know, just watching as far as myself goes, you know, watching the pass game from the opponents and, and kind of breaking that down and kind of seeing what the plans are. And then we eat Sunday afternoon or Sunday night, kind of everyone's on the same page as far as what we want to accomplish by that Friday. And yeah, so it's really, I mean, as far as the previous game is celebrating, it's, it's Friday and that's it. And um, I wouldn't want it any other way. Cause like I said, it's, this is kind of, I don't know, it's addicting to move on to the next one. Uh, the process of this is, I don't know. I think Fridays is really more full of anxiety and relief more than it is, you know, the fun atmosphere. Obviously, the crowd, you want the crowd atmosphere. It's fun for the kids, but from a coaching standpoint, you know, it's the week through that, you know, you make sure, make sure you're prepared. And yeah. You mentioned to me that you were at your sister's wedding. Now, I know that it's tradition whenever coach Corey Davidson gets invited to a wedding that he gets the microphone and the dance floor <laughs> turns into karaoke with Corey. Do you want to, uh, do you want to enlighten us with uh, your favorite ballot right now? Or do you want me no, to go I to my can't. next question? Well, uh, I wouldn't say favorite wouldn't be the, uh, the choice, but uh, our family, we have a lot of traditions and stuff and uh, we have a lot of cousins that are all really similar in age and, uh, we did a little Jack and Diane action. It's a little Epworth uh, special. We do a lot for the semi-pro, and 
It's a little different lyrics is about all I could say. Um, it's kind of, you know, just the thing that, you know, my sister wanted me to, she wanted me to play it in front of her friends and family in Chicago. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't say it's my favorite. I'm more of a Backstreet Boys man myself, but, uh, yeah, I think that as far as this weekend, that was, uh, she wanted me to do it. It's hard to say no, it's her wedding day. So, uh, I don't think I really had a choice. I mean, not to be mean, but I was also there on Friday. So as in that, it, she was, it's her weekend. So I want to make sure I did what was best for her. So yeah. Do you uh, want to, do I want to sing it? Absolutely not. So no, you don't want to give us a little ditty from Jack and Diane, huh? Oh yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's amateurs would do stuff for free. I know. Um, I wouldn't consider myself an amateur anymore. I think myself and Tyler Horner would agree with that. We're kind of professional in that aspect. So, uh, yeah, I don't, you can say, you can try it out if you want. I can judge you. We do like a little voice action. I, I will, I will pass on that, but, um, I, I, <laughs> I secretly do like that song, uh, backstreet backs. All right. And I, I, I've always liked that song and I'm embarrassed to admit it, but it's a great song. Let's talk about Coach Pinner. So you and Coach Horner are in charge of the defensive calls. You make the calls on the back end. Does Coach Pinner, does he give you free reign to do whatever you want, or is is he pretty hands-on? So if you come into a season or if you come into a game and say, hey, Coach, I know in the years past we've done 5-2 or we've done 3-4. We're going to run Tampa 2 all year. Is he pretty open to that or is he pretty hands-on where he wants his defense to coordinate with, with his offense or his scheme? Um, I would say, you know, this is my 10th year you know, with Coach Pan, which is crazy. He's the one that brought it up. I thought, I, honestly, I would have never thought it's been that long. It's just kind of flew by, but, uh, you know, 10 years with coach Penner, you know, he really just, he, he really, you know, emphasizes the trust aspect, you know, he lets us kind of do our own thing, but at the same time, you know, he's always got, you know, his eyes on it and make sure that what we're doing is what's best for the team, you know, and, and part of that is, you know, if we're doing any changes, you know, I, I, I will say today, I've never seen anyone, you know, so, you know, on the ball, as far as football goes, you know, um, we're really blessed that West Dubuque to have him as part of our in our program this past decade. And you know, he, he's definitely hands off. You know, he lets you kind of do your thing, but he also at the same time, you know, um, he just wants to make sure that what we're doing is in the best interest for our kids. And you know, he asks questions, and, and it's not questions, you know, to make you feel like you know self conscious about it. It just wants you know things to be clarified and make sure that what we're doing is, is best for our kids and. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the great things. I wouldn't imagine myself, you know, coaching anywhere else just because, or even with anyone other than Coach Penner, just because, you know, it gives you that freedom. And um, at the same time, no one's more prepared than him, too. So you have to make sure, you know, kind of equally, that you're just as prepared or as much as you can so that you're ready to answer those questions. So You brought up something, and I was thinking about this earlier, and I, I've never asked you, and – when I sent you a text earlier today with my talking points where I wanted to go, I, I excluded this one, but I was, I'm kind of curious and you brought it up. So I'm, I'm going to mention it. Does coach Corey Davison have any aspirations of being a head coach somewhere other than Western Dubuque? So I'm just throwing out schools here. I, I don't, I don't uh, I, have I'll any just, insight. Honestly, it, it, the answer is no. Uh, you know, I, I coached at Waller uh, early on, you know, and I had really good coaches. Um, you know, um, unfortunately, you know, uh, one of my you know, first you know mentors as far as coaching with football was, was Jesse Freiberg, who unfortunately passed away this summer, you know. And, uh, you know, that was a very cool learning experience with him. You know, he's such a great guy and, you know, always willing to listen and let me do things when I was 21, 22 that – I don't think most coaches would, but at the same time, I, I mean, I, there, there's really not any other place for me. You know, I've, it's been red and black my whole life. I've been, you know, I grew up across the street from the buck and uh, yeah, it's not that. And as far as the head coaching goes, no, that, no, I, I, I would not, that's not my plan at all. 
uh, as long as Coach Connor's rocking it, uh, you know, I'm glad, I'm very comfortable with where I'm at. Um, and we got a good thing rolling. Hopefully, we got another ten more years plus, or wherever it is. And uh, yeah, that's great really to hear. The, uh, the other sides of that, so that's not really. We don't really, that's not a West Dubuque thing, so. That's, that's great to hear, and, and you, you look good in red, my friend. I look, I look great in green, but you've always looked good in red. Yeah, well, some people have opinions to be wrong, so people like us know we're right, so. Yeah. You, I don't know about the green aspect, but that's maybe a different podcast, so. I, I couldn't, yeah, that, that would be the uh, Dubuque Area Fashion Show podcast if we ever. <laughs> If we ever want to, if yeah. we ever want to kick that one off, but I wasn't sure, you know, if, if Hempstead comes calling with a teaching job and a coaching opening or in, even in the same Western Dubuque school district, Cascade has an opening if you would ever be interested. But I, I think that's what makes good programs succeed is that cohesiveness and that bond that you and coach Penner and all the other coaches have, everybody speaks so admirably of everybody there. You mentioned earlier how the varsity team and the Western Dubuque program does something with the youth on Saturdays. I love what you guys have going on. I know Western Dubuque community has always been a great supporter of this podcast, and I know that they listen. So talk to the youth teams out there, Corey, that are listening to this, and they're seeing your success at the Buck on Friday nights. Tell them that everything that goes into this, these football players, they're not just showing up on day one, putting on the pads, and then they're beating a number one ranked North Scott. What all goes into a successful program? And then a kid who wants to play at the next level, like Brock Carpenter's going. Going to do what what do they have to put in to be great uh, I would say it's probably the reverse way I mean honestly you know you get these kids for you know four years and you know it's it's the parents and it's the community that really kind of builds them up going into you so you know what we have to do is you know probably pales in comparison to what these parents do and they do such a great job in our community about raising these, you know, these kids to be, you know, adults and, you know, just really truly represent. I think the pride aspect of West Dubuque is kind of one of the things that, you know, sets us apart from maybe other areas around the, you know, around Eastern Iowa. You know, it, it's not, a, you know, baseball wins or volleyball wins or football wins. It's, you know, the West Dubuque wins. And um, I think in our youth programs that we have, it's the same way. You know, we want every kid to play. Like it doesn't matter what sport it is, we just want them to play, and we know the you know the impact that that has on them. Um, not even from just a you know athletic standpoint, but what that leads to them is being you know adults in our community, and you know we get a chance to you know on Saturdays we have flag football league where you know we got hundreds of kids running around playing football, having fun, and you know that's contagious. And you know we got our we got our co- or our players being the referees and. You know, they're out there celebrating, high five on the kids. And, you know, it's one of the things. We got a homecoming coming up next week. And um, it's just different. You know, it's one of those, like, old school styles where everything's closed down. And that is, you know, you see everyone at Silker's, like, a little grocery store. got, you know, thousands of people there just to see these kids. And, you know, I just make sure they understand that perspective. Like, you were the kids, you know, on the side of those streets rooting for your favorite players. So, you know, it's just kind of that pay-forward deal of, you know, you're not, you're going to play the game the right way from a football standpoint and, and, you know, set the example and those kids followed along and just kind of keeps recycling through, especially, you know, since the last decade plus that, you know, I've been around this program. So, yeah, I mean, as far as our kids are concerned, you know, it's not a, it's not a football thing. It's just a Westview thing. And, you know, it might be a clever t-shirt and all this stuff, but you know, that Westview versus everyone type mindset is, isn't really a, a slogan. It's just kind of a lifestyle we've got. And, it's not cocky or arrogant. It's just, you know, we're going to, we're going to put our head down. We're going to work and, you know, we're going to try to work harder than anyone around the state. And it's, you know, it's all, all in on every aspect. So whether it's wrestling, you know, with coach Cleary or coach Bryant, you know, we got coach Wilson now starting up his program with basketball and, you know, uh, coach Jasper looking to get it, you know, they're, you know, got a trophy this past spring. They're looking to get a little gold. You know, it's just one of those things where like you, we, we would, we would have, we'd pack 15,000 people, into a stadium and watch a rock, paper, scissors tournament if someone from West Dubuque was in it. Like, it's just kind of one of those things. I don't know. It's hard to explain. 
know, he has a smile on his face thinking about it. But, you know, I think of, like, Rob Horner, who's kind of a legend. There I can hear him just screaming, hey, now while someone's doing rock, paper, scissors, shoot, and crowd going crazy. And it's just contagious. You know, once one someone wins, you know, we all win. And, and that's just kind of the mindset we have. I know that motto when I was out there, and, and I was an outsider that came into the community, was once a Bobcat, always a Bobcat. And, and I, I feel that more with Western Dubuque than I do my alma mater at Dubuque Hempstead, where I graduated from. I mean, uh, from the administration, uh, Mr. Feldman and, and Mr. Hatcher and the athletic director, I mean, just reaching out to me to see if I can officiate games and just how respectful and just the nice emails and nice messages the community has given me, whether it's from officiating a whole bunch of games out there or, or putting out an episode or giving an award to a Bobcat player, just, just the love and the support they've given me. Corey, last question we have for you before we call out that safety blitz that I know you love to call or the cornerback blitz. So we have a safety blitz that we do for practice with our buddy Leo, or one of our uh, safeties, Leo, gets to do it for scout team. He only gets to do it once a week, and I only call it if I know the play is going the opposite way because I know he's not going to make the play on it. He just wants to do a goofy dance afterwards. So, but yeah, we'll, we'll call it that. So, awesome. What's your favorite aspect about coaching? Uh, I would say – just the relationship you build with the kids and it's kind of head and shoulders above anything else. You know, we've been preaching winning and all that stuff, but you know, you don't win unless you have trust and, you know, you build a relationship with these kids and, you know, let them know that you, you generally do care about them as a person and not just, you know, just a number on a roster. And, you know, I, I like I said, I've said it time and time again, I was fortunate enough to have so many good coaches, especially through West Dubuque, whether it was, you know, Tom Danner, who, you know, is basically Mr. Bobcat, and he just teaches the passion and stuff. And, you know, Coach Horner, Rob Horner, Coach Horner's, you know, dad, Rob, you know, he, you know, just focuses in on the pride aspect and building that within players. And, you know, he, he goes every game, man, and all, and, and just preaches just, you know, that just a sense of pride within you have. And, and the kids feel it too. You know, he's built relationships with kids, even without coaching, you know, because he just follows it so often that, you know, those are the people that I learned from you know, from the football aspect and uh, Coach Ross my, as well. And I got was fortunate enough to, you know, coach with him after I, you know, played for him when I was in high school. And uh, yeah, it's just it's one thing they all had in common was just, you know, the relationship that I had with those guys um, is something that I like to do, you know. With, and I think I do it, I would not to be, you know, cocky or arrogant, but I feel that's probably my, my best strength as a coach is, you know, building that relationship with the kids and, you know, it's not just the starters, you know, you want to make sure everyone's having fun. And, you know, when kids are having fun, you know, that energy is contagious. And when that, when that energy is contagious, you know, you can fly around the field and do whatever you want and you trust, you know, you trust each other. So I would definitely say uh, the relationship building is good. Obviously winning is fun. You know, you can't win unless you got a team and you can't have a team unless, you know, they trust each other and trust the coaches. So. You are not cocky or arrogant at all. And you weren't the one that said you were the world's greatest coach earlier in the episode. <laughs> coach Davidson, thank you for joining me on Tri-States Inside of the Huddle, part of the Dubuque Area Sports Podcasting Network. Best of luck to you and the Bobcat team the rest of the way out. And let's bring home another state championship. Do not be a whiner be a winner thank you for listening to the dubuque area sports podcast tri-state in the huddle don't forget to find us on social media give a like and follow on instagram and facebook at dubuque area sports podcast and also on apple podcast and spotify like and give a five-star review and remember you don't score until you score That's right, baby!